You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 50 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story? We know that older people and those with lung disease and serious heart conditions are at a higher risk of dying from COVID-19. But researchers are learning that other factors can also make the virus deadly. Two of them are smoking and obesity. Understanding that also helps us understand why the virus seems to work differently in different places. But first, here's what happened today. If it's Thursday, that means it's another week where we talk about a number in the millions that we used to count in the hundreds of thousands. Unemployment. Over 3.8 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. Since the pandemic began shutting down businesses across the country six weeks ago, over 30 million have now applied. Tomorrow, we'll find out what the unemployment rate was for the month of April. But experts say it could be as high as 22 percent. We haven't seen a number like that since the Great Depression of the 1930s. The Food and Drug Administration says it is moving at lightning speed to review data on the experimental COVID-19 treatment remdesivir, made by Gilead Sciences. Yesterday, an important U.S. trial showed promising results for the drug. But on the very same day, the Lancet Journal published a fully vetted, small Chinese study that showed different, less promising results. FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn said the agency was prioritizing speed while, at the same time, reviewing all of the data to decide how to regulate the drug. In other drug news, AstraZeneca agreed to make an experimental coronavirus vaccine developed by Oxford University researchers. Astra's goal is to have the capacity to produce 100 million doses by the end of the year. The company is one of dozens around the world that have joined the race to produce an effective vaccine. The Trump administration this week announced an effort to make shots available to Americans by the end of the year. The agreement between Astra and Oxford shows that drug developers are planning to manufacture vaccines even before they've cleared human tests. Creating an effective vaccine is key to getting back to normal life. But Brazil isn't waiting. 
in the country that's fast becoming a global hotspot of the pandemic. Some states have dialed back restrictions on malls, gyms, and churches. Demand is up at gas stations across the country. Even residents of Sao Paulo, where restrictions remain in place, are getting out more, according to government tracking data. A poll shows that support for isolation measures is fading. On Tuesday, Brazil reported its highest number of deaths since the pandemic hit the country in late February. Its 24-hour fatality rate lags only the U.S. and the U.K. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. And now, our main story. As COVID-19 spreads doctors are learning more about why some patients get very sick and why others only get mildly ill. Some of the people most at risk for severe illness have underlying conditions that affect their lungs. Older people are also at a higher risk. But certain factors, when combined with age, create a powder keg for the effects of the disease. Both smoking and obesity are conditions that can lead to fatal results in COVID-19 patients. Bloomberg senior editor Jason Gale explains how these conditions have made the coronavirus more lethal in some countries. Obesity didn't feature much among critically ill patients when the pandemic started in China in late 2019. That may be because it's not as big a problem in China as it is in some Western countries. The Chinese government says about 12% of its adult population is obese. That compares with about 40% in the United States. Obesity is associated with a range of health problems, from type 2 diabetes to cardiovascular disease to cancer. These can all increase the severity of COVID-19. But when doctors outside China looked more closely at some of their sickest patients, they found obesity stood out as an independent risk factor. It seems the obesity epidemic could be exacerbating the severity of the coronavirus pandemic. Obesity is a very important risk factor. That's Tobias Walty. He's the head of medicine at Hanover University in Germany and a member of the COVID-19 task force in the state of Lower Saxony. Tobias says the virus may get past the body's immune defences easier in obese patients and in patients whose body mass is in the healthy range. My explanation is that in patients who are obese, there is a change in the structure of the lungs. Scientists have found that excess fat accumulates in the airway walls, 
where it takes up space and seems to increase inflammation within the lungs. Tobias thinks that in obese patients, low-grade inflammation depresses the body's initial innate immune response to respiratory infections. That also makes it easier for pathogens like the coronavirus to go from the nose and throat to the lower respiratory tract where it can damage the tiny grape-like air sacs or alveoli through which gas exchange occurs for oxygenating the blood. And then that can lead to more inflammation and ultimately to difficulty breathing. We don't know that the coronavirus selectively targets people with obesity or that they're more prone to the infection. But the emerging evidence from studies coming out of North America and Europe over the past few weeks points to obesity being a risk factor for getting sicker from COVID-19, needing intensive care and mechanical ventilation, and also for dying as a result of the disease. Dr. Margaret Pisani told me she saw the same phenomenon when she was treating H1N1 or swine flu patients during the 2009 influenza pandemic. Margaret is an associate professor of pulmonary and critical care medicine at Yale University in Connecticut. She now treats critically ill COVID patients at Yale New Haven Hospital. She says there are also physical challenges to caring for obese patients. It's harder to do things like prone them, so put them on their bellies. It's harder to manage them on the ventilator because their airway pressures tend to be higher just because of their body habitus. And so I think in general, they're harder to care for. And then we just have a harder time then with ventilating them and oxygenating them. So if a patient is obese and becomes infected with COVID, they're more likely to do worse than someone in a healthy weight range. And there's another risk factor that's adding to the severity of this pandemic, smoking. Newport cigarettes, carefully selected blend. Previous studies have shown that smokers are twice as likely as non-smokers to contract influenza and to have more severe symptoms. We're now seeing a similar effect in COVID-19 cases. When you inhale through a cigarette, the smoke damages protective cells that line your respiratory tract. The coronavirus also happens to target these cells. So when a smoker develops COVID, the cells are already vulnerable and the virus just takes advantage of that weakness. Once the virus gets into the body, it tries to replicate by invading cells with a specific protein receptor. Dr. Janice Leong is a respiratory physician at Vancouver's St. Paul's Hospital and the University of British Columbia. Janice found there were more of these receptors in the airways of patients with a common smoking-related condition called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. So it, it may be that the virus has an easier time entering the lungs of people who have COPD. That's one possibility as to why they may actually do worse. Right now, Janice is studying whether these receptors can be manipulated with certain drugs to ward off COVID-19. Tobias Welty at Hanover University says data coming from southern European countries like Spain and Italy show that smokers have a higher risk of worse disease compared with non-smokers. But there's one country that, at least initially, didn't match that pattern, despite having a high rate of smokers, and that's China. When the pandemic started in the Chinese city of Wuhan, smokers weren't predominant among the sickest patients. And this didn't square with what researchers have since found in other parts of the world. It especially stumped scientists because smoking is so prevalent in China. 
For example, in Hubei province, in which Wuhan is the capital, close to 60% of men smoke. But studies showed only a fraction of severely ill COVID-19 patients were smokers. And that was puzzling. Tobias says one explanation might be that the data weren't reliably collected and recorded in the early days of the pandemic. But even past that, there was another factor, one that might have predisposed the wider population to more severe illness once they caught COVID-19, and that's air pollution. What is cigarette smoke? Cigarette smoke is a kind of very intensive air pollution, but if there is a high pollution, it could overcome the effects of cigarette smoking alone. Tobias's theory hasn't been confirmed yet. Wuhan, with about 11 million people, is known for its steel smelting. Tobias says the connection to poor air quality in China and severely ill COVID patients lines up with trends in other parts of the world. When the pandemic started in China and also when it started in northern Italy, very surprisingly, air pollution had been very high at this time point. So there may be uh, a synergistic effect of different types of air pollution. As COVID-19 spreads, we're seeing it play out slightly differently in communities around the world, exposing different vulnerabilities and sometimes exacerbating long-standing health problems. In the case of air pollution, it isn't something that can be easily tackled, at least on an individual level, to reduce the risk from COVID-19. But smoking is. Of all the good reasons to quit smoking, the current pandemic amounts to one more. That was Jason Gale in Melbourne. And that's our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is hosted by me, Laura Carlson. The show is produced by me, Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, and Magnus Hendrickson. Today's main story was reported by Jason Gale. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Schein. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang, 
Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.